Welcome to Broadway Radio's Tell Me More. I'm your host, Matt Tamanini. Here on Tell Me More, we strive to talk about projects and topics that don't often get covered on theater podcasts. On today's episode, I have the great fortune to speak with a living legend in our or any community and someone with incredible insight and understanding into the remarkably terrifying times that we are living in, Tony Award winner Linda Lavin. The past few weeks were supposed to be an exciting time for the six-time Tony nominee who was not only preparing to release her latest album, but also to appear in the world premiere off-Broadway musical Bedwetter at the Atlantic Theatre Company. However, shortly after moving back to New York from Los Angeles, the city and the country and the world were rocked by the rapid spread of the coronavirus. We open our conversation talking about Bedwetter's co-writer Adam Schlesinger, who passed away last week due to complications brought on by COVID-19. Though Lavin had not yet worked much with Schlesinger, her warmth and compassion when speaking about the beloved creator are evident and her insight into the world, which we are now all struggling to make our way through, are both reassuring and comforting. So, here's my conversation with Linda Lavin, but first, a sampling of the opening track from her wonderful new album, Love Notes. Here's Cole Porter's I've Got My Eyes On You. I've got my eyes on you so best beware where you roam I've got my eyes on you so don't stray too far from home and incidentally I've set my spies on you I'm checking on all you do from A to Z. So, darling, just be wise. Keep your eyes on me. You I want to talk all about the album, but I feel like I would be not doing my job as a journalist if I didn't start by talking about Adam Schlesinger, who passed away this week due to complications caused by coronavirus. And obviously, you were slated to star in Bedwetter at the Atlantic Theater Company this spring, which is being co-written by Adam, as along with Sarah Silverman and Joshua Harmon. Had you had much of an opportunity to work with Adam throughout the developmental process at this point? No, but let me say that I wouldn't be doing my job either or be uh, consider myself a uh, human being of any substance of if I didn't talk about this with you. It's uh, devastating news for uh, the theater, for the world, for his family, for uh, anybody who knew and worked with Adam. I, I did not work with him. I was looking forward to it. I met him when I met Sarah after I had agreed to do the show. We had a brief meeting in November, and uh, it was a real how-do-you-do meeting. And uh, he and I uh, continued to communicate uh, because I was doing a show at Birdland, and I think he uh, was – I don't know that he was able to come, but he, he connected with me, um, and uh, I only knew him in that room. Um, is still the the shock of uh, of his death. And I met someone in the park when I was walking my dog this morning, who's a very successful Broadway producer, who um, stopped for a moment six feet apart from me and mm -hmm. commiserated with this the reality of this loss. Um, it's it's uh, 
when the loss becomes closer and closer, as so many people have witnessed in the thousands that are dying, um, the reality is uh, more and more uh, dynamic. And um, and that's really about all I can say about it. It's um, it's not a, a personal close loss to me uh, in terms of knowing him well. Uh, I didn't, but it feels personal and it feels huge um, and it feels very real and it's it's devastating and it's exhausting for us who are living in this pandemic in this city, in the epicenter. Um, we are feeling it uh, and experiencing it every day. So um, I send my deep uh, sympathies to his family and uh, and those who knew him um, and those who loved him and loved his music. Yeah. He was uh, a valuable member of this community. Um, yes. Yeah. Well, how how are you dealing with being in New York City at the center of the pandemic, like you said, both obviously from the physical side and the quarantine and social distancing, but also on the emotional side, this is as it becomes more personal and gets closer to each and every one of us as more people become impacted directly by this. It, you know, for me, just per speaking personally, it begins to weigh me down even more every day. How how are you dealing with the new reality that we're living in? Well, I think that's a very, a very smart way of putting it. It begins to wear us all down more and more every day. And and the urgency of it. Uh, I'm, for instance, I have uh, the governor on uh, my television screen right now, uh, recorded, and I'm about to. I watch him every day. And uh, you know, there are people who say I can't watch, I can't look at the numbers, but I feel that I must. I have to be in this reality. I'm. I left California three weeks ago today to move here to come wow. to do this show. And which was supposed to start rehearsal on the 16th of March. So here we are on the 2nd of April. Um, I have an album that was dropping on the 26th of March and a, a Barnes and Noble uh, signing and event that was going to happen yesterday. All of that is peanuts compared to the devastation that is widespread in this city and I said to a friend today with whom I connected, and I think it's really important for me to connect with people um, to keep a spiritual fitness going for me because, and a physical fitness as well. I'm here with my little dog. We flew across the country together three weeks ago today, and I'm really proud to be in New York right now. I'm, I don't know that proud is right, but I'm grateful. I'm, uh, I'm in a, a new reality, which is very, very uh, dynamic, um, and uh, I'm facing it every day. Um, it, uh, my life has become um, very simple, as I know m most of us can agree. There's no running around going out to meetings, to events, to the movies, to the theater, to restaurants, going out at all, except to get groceries and walk our dogs. And today I've chosen to stay in at all, and um, I wanted to cook for some friends who are in the building, and uh, I uh, asked them to go and get them the, the, the ingredients, and um, and so they did. And uh, 
I'm going to stay in except for walking Mickey. How I'm dealing with it is I think, Matt, every day is a different day. And I'm different every day. Today I'm feeling – yesterday Billy Stritch and I did our uh, third concert, our third weekly concert. We do a Wednesday matinee on his Facebook page. We started it three weeks ago. We've uh, been – we rehearsed, we put some songs together and we do 30 or 40 minutes um, with respectful uh, understanding that it's um, not showbiz. It's uh, it's a, it's a, it's a way of giving service. It's a way of participating in the, the actuality of this pandemic and saying, what can I do to serve? Well, what do I do best? You know, I can't cook for groups of people because there's a, <laughs> sanity issue but i can i can sing i can tell my stories and um and so can billy and um so we do this concert six feet apart he plays my piano i spray it thoroughly afterwards and uh his partner does the videography six feet apart and uh and we reach out and 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 the next day after we've done it which is today i'm usually recovering from it because it's a lot as far as the outputting of, of uh, you know, energy. Uh, the day after a show is always a recovery day unless you're doing another show the next day. Uh, but I am in good, thankfully, um, and I, I thank my higher power for that. I am in good, good health today. And um, my sister, who's uh, uh, older than I, calls from Maine, and she says, how are you? And I say, I'm good today. I'm well today. And she says, what do you mean? And I say, I mean today. Today is all I have. And um, so that's how I'm dealing with it. I'm dealing with it a day at a time. There are, there are moments where, and I'm watching a lot of television. I'm binging on shows I haven't seen or that I want to see. I'm uh, keeping my house clean. I'm uh, doing laundry. Uh, I'm I'm taking I'm living my life um, in a very simple, uh, focused way. And I'm doing this interview with you because this album that I made in November uh, is a beautiful collection of wonderful, uplifting, fun jazz pop, a standard American songbook songs with a great band with Aaron Weinstein on violin with Billy Stritch on piano and vocals. And Billy was my musical director with a great five piece band and orchestrations done by the record exec and composer Wayne Hahn, who then took the album from New York where we recorded it down to um, Nashville where he lives and put a 33 piece orchestra behind several of the tunes and it's a it's a gorgeous album. We're getting wonderful reviews all online and how thrilling to read them. I got a message yesterday from Garrison Keeler who gave me a oh, wow. thumbs up. And, yeah, that was an oh, wow, because I've been a big fan of his for years. And uh, and he just directed people to get it. He said, get the album, get the CD. And, and the reviews have been intelligent and understanding and and really uh, excited about the work, excited about the songs, about the performances, about the music. And it's a swell album. It's so good. People are calling me and writing me and saying that they're dancing to it. And uh, oh, That's wonderful. 
so it is wonderful. So that's happening. So my life has stopped in many ways, as all of our lives have stopped. Come, let's say they've, they've come to a hole. They've come to a place of uh, living in the moment. And for me, for me, what I see and happening here is it's um, as close to biblical as anything I've ever known. It's causing us all to be alone and to recognize that being alone is not the worst thing or not a shameful thing. doesn't have to be scary, but it's a source of sadness. I think fear is a, a, a gateway to depression. And I think we're surrounded by fear and depression and sadness and isolation, that all of that takes root. And I think that Andrew Cuomo should get the uh, Nobel Peace Prize for letting Mm. us all know that uh, all of that can be happening to us. He speaks very compassionately, very personally about these issues of emotional distancing. And, um, And he speaks to the truth of what is happening to us as he tells us the facts. He speaks to the heart and the mind. And I've never known a leader as compassionate, as caring, as smart, and as uh, humanly concerned as Andrew Cuomo. So uh, I think, you know, that this is an opportunity for us to to be spiritually fit and to look at what really matters. What really, really matters right now is um, how can we participate and how can we be responsible citizens? And keep each other self, you know, in our self-care, keep each other uh, healthy and well and wholesome and fit. So that's how I'm doing. Yeah, that well, that's wonderful. There are so many brilliant and insightful things in there that uh, that I want to circle back on. But one of the things that you mentioned was that all these people are reaching out to you and saying things like they're dancing, uh, listening to the albums. And one of the things that's been, you know, one of the silver linings of this entire situation is so many artists are finding ways, whether it's through live streams or putting out music or putting out videos or whatever it is to share what they're going through, share their talents, share their experiences. But also it gives the audience, you know, the audiences who are just like the artists now alone in their own way, um, an opportunity to either disconnect from the outside world or to find a way to find some solace in the art. And I think this album, I listened to listen to this album now two and a half times, two or three times in the last week. And it just feels good. You know, as I'm listening to the songs, they just feel good and they feel warming and nurturing. When you go into putting together this album in a world that was much different than it is now, as we're listening to it today, how do you try to construct an album with a bunch of standards, as you said, but something that tells a story and feels like a complete, encompassing, nurturing package? Well, thank you very much for that, for all of that. Um, the question has in it the the, uh, the observation of what it is and how I do it is in collaboration with Billy and with uh, Aaron and with my um, my desire to tell my story. Um, It's always been about that. The, the, the club act from which this uh, album uh, is born uh, is about telling my story. And by that, I mean telling the story of my life through music. So here's what happened. Here's who I was. Here's who I am. 
Here's who I wish I were. Here's who what ha- Here's uh, you know the downside of being me. Here's the upside. Here's uh, here's a here's a story about relationships. Here's a story about an earlier marriage. Here's a story about songs I wish I'd sung, and songs I did sing, songs I ho- I hoped to. It's all about um, writing a, a, a one like a one act play without and 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 verbalizing it was with what you call patter and a club act between right. the songs. But also letting the songs tell the story and not talking too much. That's that's what I've evolved to because when I first started this act, I was um, more more uh, concerned with uh, how to tell the stories. And I've been doing the act for over 15 years, so I'm much more comfortable now, and I'm much more spontaneous and, and trusting of myself. But the music is what tells the, the songs, the lyrics, the stories in the music. Uh, are what what tell my story. So how it comes about is, oh, you know, a song will pop in. You 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 listen to your dreams. It's like when you when you work on a play, when you're in rehearsal for a play, your unconscious really comes to life and tells you stuff that you can take into the workplace. You can take to rehearsal. Uh, you become more acquainted with your inner life, and that happens with with songs you know people always say say to uh, celebrities and people who've had as interesting a life as I have that that I should write a book they always say you should write a book they tell that to everybody and I think there's nothing more painful than to me than sitting and writing even (laughs) writing a journal yeah (laughs) and every writer I've ever read or talked to has said talked about how painful writing is and what torture it is and I think why would I want to do that why would I want to to be in more torture than just, you know, daily living, you know, calls on a lot of uh, challenges too. But why would I want to do something that sounds so painful? I don't. So I don't want to write a book. So this is my book. If you want to know about me, listen to the songs I sing and, and you seem to be doing that. And that's what I say to the audience, you know, um, I, I, I sing, I, I open with, I've got my eyes on you. But it's really about having your eyes on me. So that's my narcissism. That's my desire to be the center of attention. You know, that's the opening yeah. song of the act. And that, that pretty much tells you I'm not too embarrassed uh, uh, or ashamed uh, to say I, I love I love being here and I love being up here. And, and I love being here with you to tell you these stories. I'm glad you came to hear them. So it's really about... Um, this is my story, and these songs tell the story. They tell them with irony. They tell them with a little self-pity. They tell them with humor. They tell them with, a, you know, a, a sense of, um, uh, of of reality and 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 comedy. Um, and uh, and so each song sometimes reminds me of yet another song. And sometimes I'll do two songs in in as you can detect from the album mm-hmm. yeah. I'll, I'll you know like um the the the, uh, the eagles that beautiful don henley song um uh, uh, i can't tell you i why. can't tell you why yeah that goes into a song graciously uh and that song i've been doing for years the cy coleman peggy lee song um i walk a little faster i'm sorry Carolyn Lee. Um, that uh, that song I'm very familiar with, having sung it for years. The Don Henley song, oh boy, that's you know something we've known for years. That I just 
it just popped into my head, you know, from, really? from listening. Yeah. You know, I listen to music with my husband, who's of a very different source of music from me. He's younger than I am. And he's much more of a, a rock musician than I am. So I got a lot of um, uh, in, in musical information from from Steve's songbook. And, you know, we listened to Tom Petty. I listened to Celie, Don Fagan, Donald Fagan, Celie Dan. Um, I, I've known before I knew Steve, but listening to his songbook, I go, wow, I could, that's a good song for me. That tells a story about me. <laughs> and uh, so I can't tell you why. I just sat down at the piano one day and started playing that. And I thought, yeah, this is what I want to do this. And I want to, <laughs> I want to connect it with, uh, with, I walk a little faster. It makes perfect sense. Yeah, and it's gotten wonderful response uh, from people who either don't know the 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 Cy Coleman song, but they get it. They get that those two songs belong together. They get the story. Let's put it that way. Yeah, and that's what it's about for me. It's about telling the story. Yeah, well, you've you've mentioned uh, Billy Stritch a couple times, and obviously someone who I. Uh, I think that most theater fans or most at least uh, New York cabaret mm-hmm. fans know the name and know the incredible artists that he often works with. But what does he bring to your collaboration? You said he's the music director. He helped produce it. He played piano. He even has some vocals on the album. What does uh, having a longtime partnership with a musical director like that mean for whether it's the club act or the album uh, like this? Well, it, you know, you might as well ask any uh, uh, creators who sat down to write together or who write separately and then get together and show each other what they've done. That's what we do. Sometimes Billy will come up with a song for me. And uh, most of the time I come up with a song and say, what do you think about this? And he, uh, his input is essential to me, uh, and he'll sit down and play it, and we'll try it. Uh, and, and you try it just the way you do a tryout of a show. Uh, uh, and if it if it feels good in performance, or if it doesn't feel good outside of the living room where you first worked on it, uh, sometimes you know it, it's in the, the 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 practicing of it that you either develop it, it either evolves to something else, or you toss it out. Uh, but the collaboration means a great deal because his uh, chops, his musical chops, um, uh, matter to me, and they give me uh, great uh, support and uh, inspiration. And and I have a, a very a, a very evolved musical ear and um, and and my own chops uh, from having been raised by a very musical mother. Sure. Uh, and having sure. my first language be music. So so we do a lot of instant harmony together. We're very comfortable with each other. We feel safe with each other to make mistakes, to uh to 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 challenge each other, uh to to try new stuff, to um to uh it, I just went through a whole lot of music today because in this time of being isolated it's a good time for me to look through the bookshelves and the drawers <laughs> and and, uh, and look at the desk and all the clutter and um and I look at the years we've worked together and the uh, the assemblage of music and the repertoire that's come out of it um and it's pretty it, it, it's pretty thrilling it, it's pretty uh 
consummate collection of American songbook music. And many of the songs we never really pursued. But you don't know until you try. And then Aaron will come over with his violin or his mandolin. And uh, we'll just sit and have a coffee. And he's got an idea or I've got an idea. We'll text it to each other in the middle of the night. So working with people that you trust, that you feel safe with, that you don't, you're not ashamed to work in your pajamas with, you know, (laughs) there's nothing to hide. There's, they know everything about you and you about them or everything that's, that's, you know, decent. And then some things that are vulnerable that you, cause you find your, your deepest vulnerabilities in expressing yourself through your art, through your music. Uh, through your willingness to be open and transparent. And that's everything. You know, at this point in my life, Matt, there's no reason for me to do any of this. I could, I can just yeah. be, um, you know, spending the day wondering about dinner. And believe me, there are plenty of days when I do that. I've learned to slow down and not be obsessed with trying to accomplish something every day so that I feel I've earned my keep. Uh, I don't want that pressure anymore on myself. And, uh, I, but I've grown up, you know, how much have I accomplished today? What have I done? I'm really trying to, and I think this, this awful pandemic is yeah. forcing me and a lot of us to realize that we are enough and we only live in the moment. So for me to do this concert with Billy, you know, we already have over mm-hmm. 5,000 viewers yesterday. The first concert we did two weeks ago, we had 50,000 viewers. Wow. And, I, I, you know, that that was a night of Alice in the in the 80s, in the early 80s. Yeah. When before cable, you know, <laughs> when there were three channels and that was it. And uh, that's astonishing to me and thrilling. And it makes me happy to see the the responses when they write in and say, that it helps them through the day that we sang to them because I want to do it with respect, not just as a show business uh, outing, you know, I want to do these concerts with respect for uh, the stress and the sadness and the pressures that people are, are living with. Is it, is it okay to come into your house and sing uh, it don't mean a thing if it ain't got that swing, you know, is it okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, yeah, I don't want to be uh, in denial with these songs. I, I want it to be uh, a, a gift of a little bit of joy and and not be promoting something and not at your expense when you're sitting at home feeling lonely or isolated or knowing somebody who has passed or who is sick. I mean, this is we don't we haven't had this. We've had a lot. But um, and we've been through a lot, but this is a new one. This is a new one. Yeah. And so, so working together with Billy, he lives a few floors below me, and he can come up, and we stay six feet apart, <laughs> and it means the world to me that that we have this connection. Yeah. It's yeah you, saving me. I'll tell you the bottom line is it makes me feel normal for two hours a week. So yeah. it's a very selfish thing it's, that I do. Sure. Well, and I know it's bringing a ton of joy to other people uh, as well. 
you mentioned that's one of the things you want to do is give people a, a respite from everything that's going on, give them some sort of joy. But you also mentioned that you are binge watching a lot of things that you hadn't had a chance to. What What's bringing you joy during this time when you're stuck in your uh, apartment with just your dog? Yeah. And- yeah. Uh, well, I just finished the third season of Ozark. Oh, my God. <laughs> you and about everybody else. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, it's just fabulously dark and, uh, hideously, you know, insidious and, uh, and yet very human when you get down to the bottom of it. Uh, it was wonderful, wondrous performances and wonderful, wonderful writing and, uh, classy production values. Um, I then went to, because I do count on the kindness of my friends to tell me what to watch, um, and somebody wrote and said, you've got to watch Unorthodox. So I just finished that last night. Oh, my God. It's on Netflix. Someone told me it was three episodes, but I think I watched a fourth last night. And then after the final episode are interviews with the director. It's all female-driven. A director is female. The writer was female. It's based on her book, her 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 actual life story. It's about a Hasidic woman who left uh, the sect in Williamsburg, Brooklyn, and went to Berlin uh, to live. And it has music in it, and it has it's much of it is in Yiddish, and what and and a lot of it is in English. But the Yiddish is so magnificent, and to see young people speaking Yiddish in this day and age, and it's all subtitled. I wish, I wish, and here's my wish. That if the subtitles are going to be white, please don't put them up against a light background <laughs> for those of us who need to go right up to the screen to see what you're saying. So uh, please do them in the opposite color of the background of the screen. But, oh, my God, the performances are magnificent. I'm raving about this show. It's truly an important part. Of, his, of, of Jewish history and American history and American Jewish female history. Um, it's, it's, um, it's endemic to everything we need to know as, as women and women of the 20th, the 19th, the 18th century, and certainly as Jewish women, but all women um, who have been raised by uh, any religious fundamentalists or or in a society which has put women uh, second, as so much of our society has, and so many societies have, it's an absolute must to watch. Beautifully acted, beautifully directed. So I'm bereft now because that's over, and um, I take all suggestions from everybody. So if you have anything you su- you could suggest, <laughs> I do love. I do love. Um, uh, Better Things with uh, Pamela Adlon. I love mm-hmm. her, and I love her yeah. show. That's on FX. Yeah. And um, then some. I might re- revisit Peaky Blinders. You know, there are times when you watch something and it's not for you, and then you go back to it and think, why? This is great. So, and then there's my brilliant friend on HBO. I think I'm going to watch that next. Yeah, the second something season's called- coming up soon. Oh, okay. So I have never even seen the first season. So yeah. I think uh, now that you've told me that, I will do that. I will watch that tonight. Um, I've been uh, 
cooking for some friends downstairs. I'm going to do that today, this afternoon, when you and I get off the phone and uh, take this little guy for a walk who's been very quiet all day. He's he's learning a new schedule with me. I I try to walk him four times a day, but uh, he gets me up very early at uh, 7 a.m. At least he's gone from 6 to 7 now. I'm hoping for (laughs) 8 next time because I do stay up late. Yeah. Um, my husband is in Costa Rica where he's um, he went for a few weeks and now he's there for who knows how long the borders oh are closed. Goodness. That's so oh, that's yeah, got to be harrowing. You know, it's it's yeah, it's tough. And I miss his companionship and I miss uh, not seeing him as a uh, hard. And um, we started FaceTiming, which I loathe because I have to get pretty and, um, <laughs> you know, early in the morning. Um, but uh, yeah, it's uh, it's challenging, and yet I have to run to my gratitude when I feel challenged or sad or scared because I do have a roof over my head and running water, and it's hot when I need it to be, and electricity, and I have my health just for today. I'm okay. Yeah, I think that's a wonderful way to kind of look at the world that we now find ourselves in. So thank you so much yes, for taking Matt. the time to do this. Oh, uh, it's meant a great deal you. to me. And uh, oh, good luck and, and, and uh, continued health and happiness. And hopefully, uh, eventually, when we get to the other side of this, whenever that might be, we will get to yeah. see bedwetter in some form or another uh, fairly soon, yeah. let's hope. I hope so, too. Thank you, Matt. And thanks for your kind questions and your insightful thoughts. I really appreciated talking with you. Have a wonderful rest of your day. Take good care. You too. Uh Bye-bye now. Just believe in spring Just as the tree is sure its leaves will reappear It knows its emptiness is just a time of year The frozen mountain dreams of April's melting stream Thank you for listening to this episode of Tell Me More. My name is Matt Tamanini. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at BWWMatt. And you can reach out to Broadway Radio on both Facebook and Twitter at Broadway Radio. We will have information on how to purchase Linda Lavin's album Love Notes in the show notes and on BroadwayRadio.com. Tell Me More is produced and edited by me. Special thanks, of course, to the iconic Linda Lavin, Dan Fortune, and the man without whom none of Broadway Radio was possible, James Marino. Thanks again for listening, and remember, so in a world of snow, of things that come and go, or what you think you know you can't be certain of, you must believe in spring and love. Also, always get a second scoop, and when you get the chance, ask people to tell you more. So in a world of snow, of things that come and go, where what you think you know you can't be certain of, You must believe in spring You must believe in spring